Okay, for now? Okay. Okay, let's uh, give God this moment of silence, praying to confess our sins. Dear God in heaven, we come to your throne of majesty and grace. We come here to thank you first for your love, for your election, for your redemption, and for your regeneration of us, and for your promise of the sanctification now and glorification at the end. We know that we have been transformed from lost to found, from darkness to light, from hopeless to assurance. But we know also that we are not actually totally consistent with the identity that you have given to us. You are now calling us sons of God, fellow heir of salvation, saints, while in reality we are still living our new spirit and, and then our sanctifying soul still living in the flesh, which contains the sinful desire to follow the world. And sometimes we do follow the flesh and not the spirit. For those moments of weakness when we sin, our new revived conscience has told us that it is not right and we should come to you again and then to remember the redemption we have received and to refresh our commitment to uh, your name, to the new identity, to our future, to our um, unity with Christ. So, Lord, this is our time that we come to you to confess, and we pray that uh, with this remembrance of the grace of Christ, we will be motivated to live a holy life for your glory and uh, for our benefit. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
In our communion devotional, we usually give you a, a theme, a, a short talk. And uh, we have just finished a long series on Christ in Isaiah, right? Today I'm going to begin a new series called God's Covenant with Mankind, okay? God has made several major covenants. He has some minor covenants like the priests and so on. The, there are seven major covenants, and they will progress and uh, culminate in the new covenant, okay? So the first covenant that God with ma made with mankind was with the first man, and his name was Adam, okay? Which means earth, clay, dirt, dust, okay? He was made from the dust. And then God made Adam in, uh, well, from the dust. It's kind of like a statue. But then God breathed into him with his spirit, which gave him life. Right? In this way, God made Adam in his image. Now remember, the image has, uh, it means likeness, okay? something similar to God. And the anything that God made has some similarity to God. For example, the universe. Does it have some similarity to God? Well, God is the eternal existence. He is, right? The universe was not, but is now. So simple existence is the first level of similarity to God. But that's not the full image of God. Okay? And then we have lives. We have plant life. We have animal lives. Okay? And the animal lives uh, that, can, uh, that are called nephesh, they can breathe. Okay? And then lives, are, are they similar to God, have some likeness? Yeah, God is the ultimate life, right? The living God, right? He is the ultimate life. So anything living has some similarity to God. But that's not the full image of God, okay? S and the angels, the angels have, um, have a mind, they have a will, they have a, uh, I guess they have feelings too. So they have personalities. And uh, things that have personalities is that, more similar to God? Yes, God has a personality. God is composed of family of three persons, right? God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So one God in three persons. And what is a person? A person is someone who has the faculty of a mind and heart and a will. So, yeah, the angels are closer to the image of God, but that's not the full image of God. What's the full image of God? That's mankind. We are created in God's full image because we not only have existence, like the universe, not only have the life, like the animals, not only have the personality, like the angels, we also have something called position. We have a potential to fulfill a position. It's called a sonship in the household of God. Okay? The animals are just you know, living beings. The angels, they are servants in the household of God. Humans, before you are saved, you are called children. You have likeness of God, you have potential, but it's not realized. But once you unite with the eternal Son, the begotten, only begotten Son of, of God, who is Jesus Christ. Once you believe in Him, you unite with Him, and the church is called the Bride of Christ, and then since then on, you will become the fellow heir of salvation. Okay? And then you 
will be called the sons of God. In other words, you will inherit God's estate and the kingdom to come. Together, to rule whatever's come with Christ. And then that is the full image of God. Okay? That is unique to mankind and to realize only among the elect who are saved. Okay? So this is God's contract with mankind, with the first man. He made him ruler of the earth. So the king of the world, the title, belonged to Adam first. But when Adam was deceived, he was tested, okay, when he was deceived, then Satan stole the title from Adam. Now, who wears the crown of the king of the world? Satan. Okay. However, it will not be forever. The son of man, who is Jesus Christ, he's the son of God and son of man, he takes back, he will take back the title of the king of the world at his second coming. At his first coming, he, is, he fulfilled his religious duty as the prophet and the high priest. At his second coming, he will be the judge and the king. And we here are remembering the work of Christ in restoring the failed Adamic covenant. See, God made a covenant with Adam. You can have all the freedom. You can eat all the fruits in the garden. You are the king of the world. They, the nature is at your command. You just have one condition. Do not eat the fruit from the tree of knowledge. Okay? And good and evil. So that was not obeyed. And then when Adam failed that condition, the Adamic covenant, well, uh, I guess it... it either ended or is put on hold. But it will be restored at the end. What the man lost, the son of man will take back. Okay? And we who are in Christ Jesus will enjoy the restored position for mankind as the ruler of the world. But it's only because of Christ. And we are remembering why it can be. Jesus Christ gave up his life. His body was broken on the cross. When we take this bread, unleavened bread, which is hard, bad for our teeth, but good for our soul, remember, it will, you crush it with your teeth. But remember, that represents the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the Son of God and Son of Man, the Redeemer of us and our King and our Lord. He, because of his obedience to the Father and the love of us, he gave his body. So when we take this, remember his sacrifice. When we take this, remember not only his sacrificing, shedding his blood, but also his promise of second coming, that he will come to save his beloved bride before the tribulation, which was designed for the Jews. Okay? The church will be raptured before the tribulation, which is for the purpose of converting the remnant Jews to Christ. So we are designed for grace. We're not designed for wrath. For all of those, remember the grace and live with obedience. The body of Christ was given to us. We take this bread in remembrance of him. The blood of Christ was shed for us. We take this in remembrance of Dear Lord, our Father, thank you for sending us 
our, uh, your Son, our Lord. And um, we remember what He does, and we pray that this remembrance will be turned into the continuation of sanctification. And we pray that whatever we think we do, we will think about what would Jesus think about this. And uh, if we do in the will of you, and we pray you bless us and um, make us able to bless more on other people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.